Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, baby, oh, baby. I love bet online. Listen, do you like sports? I know you do. You do. You like sports. I don't know if it's basketball. I don't know if it's hockey. Certainly could be MMA, but there's plenty of sports going on right now. NASCAR. Maybe you don't like sports. Award season? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, like award shows? You can bet on anything you want. But if you want no, if you want news, if you want scores, if you want odds, if you want tips, there's only one place to go on the internet, and it's bet online. Visit the website today, use your mobile device, and join to receive 50% off as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your sports book experts. Also, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. That is the number one place you want to have confidence. In my humble opinion, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So I'm talking about Sildenafil and Tadalafil. But it's all in a chewable form at a fraction of the cost. And the best part, in my opinion, it's an online prescription service. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. Man, that sounds awesome. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform in the bedroom, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Got a special for you. Listen up. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code M-I-K-E-Y. Receive your first month free. And we thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, everybody. What up? It is Mikey Likes You, my babies, my babies. How's everyone doing? Uh, it is time for another rousing rendition of Question and Answer. It's a very simple process. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a very simple process. You guys provide me questions on my socials at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You One, the number one, and then I answer them. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's see here. Great hair from Zoltar. Thanks. Do you look like a tan Johnny Bravo with the poofy hair? Uh, yes. I don't know what Johnny Bravo is. Is that isn't that a cartoon? I'll go with yes. Uh, Goldzigal says I've been around two thousand calories for the last few months. Kettlebell training and treadmill walking every day. All of a sudden, last week I got real hungry, so I've upped my calories by around five hundred, and I'm still losing weight. What's happening? Well, you're still in a deficit. You overshot your deficit um, to begin with. And uh, you are probably altering your metabolism by the hard training. And uh, you've lowered your, your, your blood sugar. You've got better insulin sensitivity, all that kind of stuff. And also, you just probably undershot it. And now you're realizing that you can get away with eating a little bit more and you're still losing weight. Continue doing so. Always minimum effective dosage when it comes to... Uh, deficits and surpluses if you're trying to gain mass and you're gaining mass at you know let's say half a pound a week with 200 300 calories don't go for 500 if you're losing weight at you know a half a pound to a pound a week 
with 200, 300 calorie deficit, don't go for 500. Always eat as much as you can to still lose weight. Always eat as little as you can to still gain weight. When is great news coming back from Carlos Carranza? Um, hopefully as soon as possible. We just encountered, Kevin and I, we encountered some technical and uh, business snafus. Nothing wrong with great news. We are going to get it back to you as soon as we possibly can, I promise you. Joel Ott. Hey, Mike, I have to travel a lot for work and I live out of hotels. This can be a nightmare for meal prepping since it can sometimes be up to two weeks before I can get into a proper kitchen to meal prep. Any recommendations for companies, restaurants that cater to healthy calorie and macro track meals you could recommend? Yeah, um, there's a bunch now. We're really lucky that we have such a an abundance of meal prep services, but um, if it delivers to or if you can get access to it in your area, Stan Efferding's Vertical Diet Meal Prep is the best of the best. I mean, I, I know that sounds like hyperbole. I stand behind that. Stand behind that. It is the best of the best. You can absolutely cater your macros to whatever you like. It fits any lifestyle, vegan, keto, paleo, whatever the fuck. And it is the best possible ingredients from the most knowledgeable source. So look for that. Jealous of all that damn, damn hair from Man EJ. Well, I'm sorry, bud. Um, it is genetic. I don't take it for granted, if that makes you feel any better. I'm not one of those guys who aggressively just flaunts it. Uh, I know how lucky I am, and I count my blessings. Hmm. What do you eat from day, to say, 0707? What do you eat? I eat diet to follow or have had good results. Um, I actually wrote this guy back. Uh, I think it's a guy, but... Um, because this is such a dense question. I understand the question. People want to know what ostensibly healthy people eat, and I get that. Uh, I want to know what, uh, you know, Ronnie Coleman eats or did eat. I want to know what Dorian Yates ate. I want to know what The Rock eats. But um, it doesn't work like that. Genetics are huge. It's a huge factor. What, how, what is your physique like right now? If you're... 25% body fat, you don't need to be eating like I eat. You do not follow the diet I follow. If you're 50 pounds underweight, if you're a high school kid who's scrawny and needs to bulk up, you definitely don't need to follow the diet I follow. If, you know, your training history, your age, your size, your gender, um, your current training, your goals... All of these things factor in. You can't just say, what is the diet to follow? That's, there is no universal truth, not in fitness and not in life. Um, all I can say is that there are foundational kind of stang standpoints that I would give everyone, these, these iconic pillars of healthy eating. Up your protein. One gram per pound of body weight is conservative. That sounds like so much to most people. But if you're 200 pounds eating 200 grams of protein is kind of the bottom level of what I'd recommend. This not only creates, you know, a lot more amino acids in your bloodstream, which is great for building muscle and burning fat. This makes you less hungry. This makes you, it forces you to go protein hunting, which makes you make better choices. It builds better habits. It forces you to contemplate what's the best 
meal frequency for you. Some people can eat 150 grams of protein in a sitting and they feel fine. Other people, they eat more than 30 and they fucking puke. And they're farting their wife or their husband right out of the bedroom. So this is one of those things that I say, just go for the protein, search for it. It will help build better habits around it. Another thing is I go do the fucking work. Identify what your basal metabolic rate is. The most accurate way to do this is to eat and track, really track, weigh your food, do the whole thing for two weeks and stay at the exact same caloric uh, level. If you lose weight, you are, that is below your basal metabolic rate. If you gain weight, it is above. There are also many, 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 many different kind of mathematical equations and formulas to figure out your basal metabolic rate. Um, Find it. If you need to estimate it, fine. But start somewhere. Start at a rate that you feel is appropriate for you. Get your baseline amount of calories and then adjust it for your goals. Subtract 300 if you're trying to lose weight. Add 300 if you're trying to gain. Get the protein up. Find your caloric allotment and go. From there, you will be able to identify and build the best diet for you. Now, if you want to explore some more fringe ideas, such as keto, such as vegan, whatever, that is fine, and I don't have a problem with any of it. Carnivore, keto, any of it. What I do have a problem is people marrying themselves to some dogmatic idea of eating if it's not what is suitable for them. The best diet for you is the one you will fucking stick with. I like a very balanced diet. It helps support my lifestyle. I'm very active. I am relatively lean for mo- compared to the earth. I am relatively muscular compared to people of earth. I eat a lot more carbs than most people probably. But I found a meal frequency. I found a meal plan. I found a way of eating that suits me and suits my goals. I cater it throughout the year to, do, to, to have different goals. Sometimes I'm trying to beef up. Sometimes I'm trying to get shredded. You know, the things do change. But for the most part, I have found what works for me. If you are someone who fucking hates meat, I wouldn't start with a keto diet. I wouldn't go down the carnivore route. If you are going to absolutely give up after three days because it's miserable, that is not for you. If you are someone who has to eat every couple of hours or else you feel like you're going to pass out, then intermittent fasting probably not for you. If you're someone like myself who feels rather comfortable going big, long spaces in between your meals, then go ahead. Fuck around with intermittent fasting. Don't believe the bullshit of the internet that tells you that one way is superior to the other in an in a vacuum because none of that is true they are all just tools find the best tools for your toolbox because you have a different build you are building a different building than the person next to you so whatever the tools are to best build your building that is the ones you need to stick with Richie Benson Jr. says, after you wipe, do you look at it before flushing or just flush it blindly? I never look. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't believe me. I've ne- I don't understand any reason why I would want to see the poopy on my toilet paper. Now, I will be very honest. When I blow my nose, I check it. I always want to see like the booger configuration. And uh, I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. 99% of the time I blow my nose 
I will examine to see what damage is done in the tissue. But I have never once wiped my butt and looked at it. Dude in Phoenix says, how can I get my girlfriend to get thinner arms? Have her diet. There is a pretty broad misconception that you can kind of target certain areas for weight loss. Um, if you want thinner anything, diet. And that's not a, a trite kind of dismissive way of answering that. I'm being serious. If you want to lose weight anywhere, you have to diet. You have to take in less calories than you burn. Now, if your girlfriend wants thinner arms and better arms, she should diet and exercise. She should lift weights. Everyone should lift weights. It'll help your metabolism. It will, I mean, I've gone down the list of reasons why everyone needs to be resistance training, especially women, because they are typically more fearful of lifting weights, but everyone should be lifting weights. No one has to do cardio. It can be an asset, but you don't have to do cardio. You pretty much have to resistance train if you want to look good and feel good and you want to be healthy, okay? The old paradigm of like aerobics is the way to go. And if you want, if you have some time, lift weights or do resistance training, it is not true. It, in fact, it is completely the opposite. You all should be resistance training and you should build your training around that. If you have the time and energy and necessity, then you can add in cardiovascular training. Um, K1DTR3. Dang, foo. Psycho Mike rocking that mad Conan coif. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, my hair's poofy as we speak. Uh, Lunchbox 66. Have you ever done a tutorial video about how you work out, the do's and don'ts, proper technique? That would be helpful for beginners. Uh, yes, I have, and I do it pretty consistently, and I try to keep up on it on my Patreon. Uh, look for Mike Catherwood on Patreon. Everyone gets access, even at the lowest tier, to my exercise tutorials. Um, I try to invest a lot of effort into making the tutorials because I know, like, most of the exercises... The, the, the really important exercises, the overhead press, the squat, deadlift, bench press, these things, the, the rows, they're not easy. They take a lot of understanding and they take a lot of practice. I want people to understand how to do them because I encourage people to do these exercises and to build their whole program around them. So on my Patreon, everyone gets access to the, at all tiers, they get access to uh, my exercise tutorials. So far, I've done deadlift, Romanian deadlift, squat, and overhead press, and there will be more to come. Uh, let's see here. Um, don't move real quick, okay? All right, I'm back. Sean Johnson has DM'd me. Hey, Mike, have you uh, have a question for the pod? Was curious to know what each of your meals and snacks looks like every day and how they change depending on certain goals you set for yourself. Also wondering what cheat meals days look like too. Thanks. Um, I mean, I, you know, each meal is... I usually eat six times a day. Uh, I do cardio in the morning, like a, and I, 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 I'm reticent to call it even cardio because usually it's just morning movement. I like to do morning movement with an empty stomach, and I will usually just take my dog for a walk or I will uh, jump rope or both, and it's very low level. And it's like I said, it's to to kind of when my body has no glycogen. I will uh, like to, you know, dip into that body fat a little bit. And it helps me get going in the morning. But I don't go so hard that I'm going to be glycolytic, you know, something that needs glycogen, like intervals or something like that. 
And uh, I will do that for about 45 minutes. I will come home and I will have a piece or two of fruit by itself. Why, do you ask? Because this helps my digestion. There's no protein in it. Because I overload myself with so much protein, my meal right there when I'm completely carb depleted, I'm completely glycogen depleted, and, I, and my body is um, really in a good digestive state because I've gone now you know, 12, 13 hours without eating anything. Um, I like to give myself some citrus fruits or some kiwi. I like kiwi a lot. Um, and, uh, and that, that helps with my liver function and my, my, uh, digestion. About an hour later, I'll have my first meal. And it is typically eight ounces of bison or fish and, uh, some fermented veggies. Then two or three hours later, I will have eggs and bison or fish. Then post-workout, I will have, like, you know, real workout, like weight training. I will have uh, a little bit of carbs and, you know, some fast-acting carbs, some fruit, maybe some coconut water, and uh, whey protein isolate. Then a couple hours later, it's usually dinner time, and I will have uh, bison, ground beef, or steak, lean steak, and... Um, if I'm going to do some carbs, if I'm carbon up, I will have sweet potato. If not, I will just have the steak. And then before bed, I usually have some type of uh, dairy protein, slow digesting protein. Um, like uh, I will do Greek yogurt a lot or collagen protein or bone broth with, you know, some chicken thigh or something, some other type of meaty protein. I eat a lot of meat. I eat a lot of fruit. Uh, and that's about that. I mean, that really sums it up. I eat some vegetables. I try to stay away from raw vegetables because contrary to proper po popular belief, that's not really a good thing to do to your body. I will eat some cooked vegetables, some, um, bell peppers and things like that. So zucchini is a good one. I also, if I do eat raw vegetables, it's definitely carrots. Carrots are better raw than they are cooked because of the norangin and the, uh, vitamin A and things like that. So I'll have some baby carrots, like four or five baby carrots with one meal. And that, that's honestly about it. All right. I'm going to switch over to a other account here. For the Q&A, can flexing for a long period of time with no weights be considered time under tension towards muscle growth and strength development? Set, settling a bet with a friend. Yes, absolutely. Flexing. Now, there's a difference. Okay. Flexing and holding a static uh, contraction are two different things. Flexing is just like, you know, you flex your chest muscle or your bicep and you hold it real hard. That absolutely has value. Um, it can burn a little bit of calories. It can harden you up a little bit. And bodybuilders don't just practice flexing for the sake of getting good at their posing routine. They practice flexing because it does help with mind-muscle connection and hardening of the muscles. It can have a little bit of benefit. And, it, and it's hard. It's fucking difficult. It's actually really difficult to do it for a long period of time. Um, now, holding a static hold or static contractions, that's isometrics. That absolutely, with no weight, just holding like the, mid, the middle point of a squat or the middle point of a push-up or uh, holding like a chin-up up at the top of the bar and keeping everything flexed and not moving, that um, is great for developing strength. I, 
I don't think, and I base this off of some pretty good information, I don't think it would do much for hypertrophy or growth. But for strength, absolutely. Many, 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 many very strong men and women have done like the old school Charles Atlas style of isometric training. Um, or there was this guy, Zass. I know his, I think it was Alexander Zass, but he was an old school strongman in the middle of the early 20th century. He, he could bend jail bars and shit and like did, did huge, huge forms of, of, of feats of strength, you know, displays of strength. And he never lifted weights. He just did isometrics. He would hold like a, um, like a bar, you know, let's say like a jail bar, all right? If you're in jail, old school jail bar, and he would pull on it. Instead of doing a row, he would just pull it as hard as he could for as long as he could and exhaust the muscle. And he got strong as fuck and doing like a handstand and just holding that, like lowering it a little so you, your shoulders are in contraction. He, he could do massive amounts of overhead press and all of his training was in isometrics. Steve Maxwell um, has developed entire programs around isometrics, yielding and uh, static isometrics. And that absolutely is a very, very safe and effective way to develop great strength. Now, I don't think that static time under tension is a great way to develop growth. It just doesn't, there's no progressive overload there. So I, I hope that answered your question. I hope that that was um, useful in your bet with your friend. Let's see. What would be some good exercises for developing kicking power for Muay Thai? Um, well, a lot of people with kicking and punching, okay, you would think that for punching, you would think like your arms and your shoulders. And for kicking, you would think like your leg muscles. Really not true. Um, if that was true, then bodybuilders would have the best fastballs in the world and throw the hardest punches and, and um, you know, a, a, a NFL fullback would have the, the hardest kick ever and they would all be punters. Um, the reality is, is that kicking power and punching power comes from rotational strength and from mobility and flexibility and the... the explosiveness in the connective tissue of your hip flexors um, for, for, for kicking and then also the explosive and connective tissue mobility of your shoulder girdle for punching. But all the power really comes from the rotational area around your waist. Um, so if you really wanted to develop high-level power, things like um, rotational landmines, you know, with a, with a barbell, um, twisting movements with a band, uh, Phil Daru... And my friend Nick Curson have entire programs uh, for developing rotational power, and these will greatly increase your ability to kick and punch. That being said, really the best thing you can do to develop your kicking and punching power, take it from me, from a guy who tried really hard with strength and conditioning to do so, and the only time I ever saw really any effective progress, any real noticeable progress in either, was by practicing form. Getting better at kicking and punching made all the difference in the world. Um, learning how to be more efficient and more explosive and more technical with my movement, keeping my, my shoulder tucked when I punch, not chicken winging, um, extending fully, rotating uh, in the wrist, hitting at the full point of extension, getting rota full rotation in my uh, thoracic and my, my, my kind of hip area. This was everything that really mattered in making there be a noticeable difference in my punch. 
uh, my punch power. Same with kicking. Learning how to really rotate on my planting foot, um, opening up my hip, turning it over, that was everything for developing powerful explosive kicks. Um, but on top of that, I would say that, you know, work on that mobility of the hip flexor and then also uh, rotational strength. Uh, let's see here. Mikey likes you. Mikey likes you. Timeline for body recon. When can someone expect to see results? From Ischial Spines. <laughs> um, impossible to answer. I'm sorry to say. Um, when can I see results? In 10 days. When can someone who's 30% body fat see results? Fuck if I know. When can someone who's, uh, you know, an NFL lineman who's fat but jacked, when can that guy see results? Probably pretty soon. When can someone who's just fat not very quickly um when can someone see results if they're 30 and they've been training for 15 years pretty quickly when can someone see results if they're 65 and they've never lifted weights before you know what i'm saying like there's so many factors it's impossible to say body recomp when can i see results and also a lot of it dictate is dependent upon how disciplined you are when you say body recomp my version of body recomp is a lot more strict than most and most people go, well, I just don't know why I'm not seeing results. It's because when I watch you train, you train like a, a big bitch. And when, you watch, when I watch you eat, you eat like a fat person, you know? And, and I, I, I'm not trying to be callous. It's just that people have such a, a, a jaded idea of what it means to, to engage in body recomposition. Ideal training methods for jujitsu help hold submissions longer without fatiguing stronger grip, etc. Very good question. Um, a very, very talented and very successful grappler that I once knew. This guy was a judo black belt. Now, I granted, look, a lot of it could be attributed to that, is that he would have been training judo his whole life. So his grip was probably just fucking iron from that. But this guy didn't look like much as far as, like, his physique. He was just a guy. He wasn't out of shape by any stretch of the imagination. But he was this hairy Armenian dude, and he just looked like a dude. But he would get a hold of you, and you were fucked. You were fucksville. And he had this iron grip. And I asked him, I was, I was like, what do you do for this? And he said, I do two exercises, my friend. I do Hindu push-up every day, and I do uh, gi pull-ups. He would put a gi over a pull-up bar and grab the gi on both ends and do pull-ups on it. And it would train his grip. And he fucking, I'm telling you, this guy just had... The craziest grip I've ever seen. Now, I will tell you, those two methods will, will help you. There are, are also other things. When you're talking about holding a submission longer, you're talking about endurance, strength endurance of the arms, and overall endurance. Um, weighted carries are great. Um, you can do weighted carries around like a kettlebell or a dumbbell with a towel or a gi. That's awesome because that really builds the strength in the small muscles in the hands. Um, those hand grippers, you know, those like iron grips, those are great. Um, fat grips, training, you know, doing your weight training with fat grips. Um, these work. Uh, these are all things that I recommend and, uh, try to, you know, extend the amount of time that you're using your hand muscles and the muscles around your wrist. And it will, it will, um, make a difference.
Tempo with your lifts, pros and cons, from B. Jeffier, 29. Tempo with your lifts, pros and cons. Well, um, there's pros and cons to every form of training when it comes to resistance training. For most people who just want to look better naked and feel better and be healthier, I do think that a slower, more controlled negative is always going to be better. You are going to increase the metabolic demand. You are going to increase the demand on said muscles. Therefore, it's going to be better for growth. It's going to be better for body fat loss. An explosive contraction on the positive also has its benefit. I feel like this is the best way to get your, the most bang for your buck is to do a, a considerably slower negative than most people do. Um, let's take a bench press because it's easy for people to understand. I unrack it. I have it at the top. I will take three to four seconds to lower it to my chest as opposed to just letting it drop. Three to four seconds. That entire three to four seconds, I'm really feeling and trying to develop a mind-muscle connection with my chest muscles, my triceps, and my front delts. I let it pause on my chest, getting a contraction there, getting an actual static contraction for, you know, one second, I will there. Then I will explode up as fast as I possibly can and repeat the process. This is the way I like to train. And I do think that it gives all the different type of muscle fibers. There's fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fibers. It can recruit all of them most effectively. So that is going to be my overall recommendation. For athletes of strength sports, such as MMA, boxing, grappling, things like this, I do think you should always, <clears throat> you should always um, periodize in explosive movement where you're going where you're moving as fast as you possibly can speed training is worthwhile for the athlete um i don't necessarily feel like you should waste the energy and the time doing it if you're just looking to have a better looking physique but if you're trying to be competitive in any sport drastically and this includes powerlifting, by the way louis simmons and the conjugate method out there at west side barbell these are some of the best powerlifters in the world and they spend a considerable amount of time with 30 percent of their one rep max training with uh, maximum acceleration and there's a reason for this because it does um, train the muscles and train the system in a different way and speed is always effective and always useful for any type of of athletic endeavor so um that honestly that's my best way of answering that best way to overcome your gains plateauing I've been doing the same workout for about three months, and I've seen improvements in my shoulders, back, and small improvements in my thighs. I've been trying to figure out if I need to work more volume or more reps, but I feel it's not making too big of a difference either way. Um, God, I don't even know how to answer that. It doesn't sound like you plateaued. If you're seeing improvements, you're not plateauing. Don't expect... I, be, I think people have a really distorted idea of what progress is. It doesn't happen very fast. <laughs> Patience is a big virtue when it comes to getting the body of your dreams. Uh, believe me, it's not something that happens quickly. Um, now, if you're noticing a de decline, that's why I always recommend people, especially people who are not at... at high level intermediate or high or like elite levels just focus on strength honestly just focus on strength the reason why is because it'll be very fucking clear when you've plateaued 
When you cannot squat any more weight, when you're actually regressing in weight and reps that you're doing for the squat, deadlift, and bench press, you'll know. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And it has nothing to do with volume. It has nothing to do with anything. It's like it's very clear. And most people are weak, so weak. Most people, if you're listening to this, you probably are just too weak to really even make any progress anywhere. Focus on strength. That's why I always talk about five by five. It's a great beginner program. It's very well structured. And you will make progress and you will see the incremental gains in your, in, in your bench press, deadlift, squat, row, overhead press, these things that are really, truly important. As soon as you start to notice like you're actually legitimately weaker for in the five rep range, then you have a problem and things need to be changed. Most likely it's lifestyle or diet, but things need to be changed and things need to be, need to be analyzed. Now, if you are not on drugs, which I assume you're not, Verone, zero, zero, then volume is n- almost never the fucking answer. Doing more work is almost never the answer. Changing the intensity usually is. And the reason you're seeing gains in your shoulders and your upper back quicker than you're seeing in your thighs is because that's where everyone sees gains quicker. Because that's where people, that's where your skin is thinner. You're going to see weight loss and fat loss in your arms and your face and your upper chest and your upper back way faster than you're going to see it in your belly and your, your, your thighs. No one loses weight from their gut and their thighs quicker than they do in their upper back, upper chest, arms, and face. Your calves... Your, your areas where your, your skin is thinner, you're going to see the, the progress much quicker. And that goes for muscle gain and that goes for fat loss. Another factor is, is that even people who really are into weight training, a lot of them will train their back and their chest and their arms particularly very hard and they'll train it well. The overwhelming majority of people don't train their legs Anywhere near hard enough. Anywhere near hard enough. Why? It's way, way, way harder. If your leg day doesn't destroy you, or your lower body training in general doesn't destroy you way more, considerably more than your upper body training, you are not training right. You're not training hard enough and you're not training right. And everyone out there comes with, up with excuses. I can't tell you about how many bad knees and bad low backs I've heard about, which are, it's all bullshit. It's all mental. Now, granted, of course, there's people who have, gen, you know, gotten car accidents or, you know, hurt themselves on the job that you, I'm sure you have legitimate. But most people are like, I can't squat because of fill and blank. And it's like, no, you can. You're just not willing to take the time to get to the point where you're fucking doing it because it's, it is miserable. It's fucking miserable. Training legs is horrible. The majority of your musculature is below your belly button. Training that, moving in that plane where you're going up and down, your whole torso is moving up and down through that range of motion. Your heart is going through a a huge dramatic range of motion. It takes a, a tremendous oxygen debt to get to those muscles. Your heart starts racing. It's you're sweating balls. It is way, way, way worse. Chest and arms, sure, yeah, you go through a little pain of the muscle. Oh, got a pump. But it's nothing. I mean, anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. And people fucking, they look for reasons not to deadlift when they train their back. And I'm like, okay. 
I'm going to do pull downs. I'm not going to do weighted chins. Why? Because it's fucking way harder to do weighted chins. So just analyze that. You say you plateaued like I, maybe you're not training very hard. And I'm not I'm not shitting on you, dude. That's most people. It was me for many years. I would do my walking lunges and <coughs> a couple sets of leg press. And I'd be like, oh, I got my legs in. Now I'm going to go train my chest. I love my chest. Yeah. And then I real, you know, I started working with people who, uh, you know, perfect, competitive bodybuilders and athletes and things. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is how you train legs. No wonder. No wonder I didn't, wasn't seeing growth. No wonder I wasn't seeing. And I, I in, a one, in one or two years after I got clean, I saw more dramatic growth in, uh, without steroids than I did when I got on gear. Just from training properly. Uh, are you still training your wife? How is that going? Yes and no. Um, she does have a personal trainer, like an actual one that she goes and sees. Um, Steve Zim, who I've had on the podcast, great guy. Uh, Zim Fit is his, uh, his app. And you can check him out at, at a tighter U, the letter U. That's his gym in Culver City, California. Um, great dude. Super knowledgeable. And she works with him uh, three times a week. I also will help her out around the house. Like if I'm doing my, you know, because I train twice a day. She will sometimes work with me. I'll do some glute and ab stuff with her. But mostly, I, I help my wife with diet. Because I cook all the meals in our house. I enjoy cooking. So I cook all my own meals. And I'm, most of the time, I then subsequently end up cooking for her. And then I just give her advice and guidance and counseling when it comes to diet. And that's we found a nice real groove that way. The best protein powder. So much stuff out there. It's hard to weed through the bullshit ones. I'm upping my protein to lose weight. Okay, listen, forward slash. Listen, everyone. Lose weight is L-O-S-E. Lose, like win or lose. Loose is L-O-O-S-E. No one wants to lose weight. The fuck? I get at least one a day. Every day. Adult human beings write me that they want to lose weight every day. And it's not fucking autocorrect. L-O-S-E, lose. All right, sorry, forward slash. I didn't mean to make an example out of you, but it just happens too much. So the best protein powder. Uh, I agree. There's too much stuff out there. These are the three things you need to look for. First and foremost, you need to look for the most amount of protein with the least amount of carbs and fat. Okay? If you get a protein supplement that has a good ballast of carbs or fat, you are looking at a meal replacement. You are not looking at a protein supplement. Okay, protein supplements should have at most two or three grams of carbohydrates per serving and maybe usually zero fat, maybe one gram. Anything above that, you're looking at a meal meal replacement. That is not a protein supplement. A protein supplement should be practically pure protein. I understand there has to be sometimes there's, um, you know, maltodextrin or other fillers and things that go into it that make it so that there needs to be. Um, 
at least negligible amounts of carbs, okay? And then sometimes they add like MCT oil or something for bonding and that'll give you a gram or a half a gram of fat. But for the most part, get yourself a good protein that has almost zero carbs and, and fat, okay? That, that's the first thing you need to look for. The next thing you need to look for is quality of protein. Um, the, the best overall protein, in my humble opinion, is milk protein isolate. That can also be viewed as a mixture of casein and whey. Why do I say that? Because milk protein is a mixture of casein and whey. Pure casein digests incredibly slowly. But you miss out on some of the essential amino acids. Whey, pure whey, digests very quickly. But you miss out on sometimes some of the dieting benefit of the slower digesting protein that comes with the casein. The best of both worlds is to get milk protein isolate or a mixture of casein and whey. That gives you kind of the best of both worlds. You get a little bit slower digestion, which is good for overall protein synthesis and protein assimilation. But you also get all the kind of amino acid uh, anabolic factors that come with a, a whey protein. Because whey, as far as like, if we're going to look at it, it's just like the human system. Whey protein is awesome. Now, you get those two factors out of the way. Sometimes you're not going to be able to get a milk protein isolate. So just go for fucking whey because here's the deal. What you need to find is something that you find not okay, delicious. There are many proteins out there nowadays that are fucking delicious. You got to find the one that you truly believe is awesome or else you won't drink it. And the, the only reason I even recommend people look to protein powder because real food is better. But the only reason I, 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 I want people to have a protein supplement in their pantry is because of convenience and ability to stay on the diet. Because sometimes an icy cold fucking whey shake with like coconut water is just, just what you need to stay on your diet and not turn to a brownie or McDonald's or something like that. If you can get a great tasting whey, I right now am fucking with some thing called native whey. Really good ingredients. Uh, great, great ingredient profile. And it tastes, the vanilla tastes fucking awesome. Post-workout, I put three scoops of that shit in some coconut water and I am riding high. Woo! Put it in some Greek yogurt at night, and it's it's awesome. Okay, so go out there. There's many, many, many great products. I recommend First Form Optimum Nutrition is always reliable. Um, uh, Native Way, which I've been using, uh, and Beverly Products, Beverly Nutrition makes some of the best protein on the planet. This comes with a caveat. It is so fucking expensive. It's crazy. Um. Metabolic drive protein, I believe it's from bio, it's the people behind T Nation, but they make called, a protein called metabolic drive. Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry all taste very good, and that is milk protein isolate. That's another highly recommended one. Um, so, I hope that was an informative and useful Q&A. I love you all. Remember something in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.